みなさん、こんにちは。Made it in Japan へようこそ。ホーストのエリオット・コンティでございます。これは毎回やるつもりはありませんが、第1話なので、今回 Made it in Japan のコンセプトと意味の説明から始めていきたいと思います。英語で Made it とは成功すること、出世することを意味する表現で、in Japan はもちろん日本でっていうことですね。よって、Made in Japan を思わ,思わせるニュアンスも含めながら、日本で成功したことをテーマに、全国各地に住んでいる外国人の話を聞いていくということが、当ポーキャストのコンセプトになります。なぜかっていうところなんですけれども、まあ、実はその理由は様々でございます。一番大きいのを挙げようとすれば、まあ、これから日本国内に外国人は絶対に増えていくことがまずありましてなのですでに日本で成功している外国人の先輩の方々の話を集めることは、まあ、日本に来てばっかりの外国人やこれから日本に来る外国人にとっては、まあ、有意義な情報になるのではないかと。まあ、そそしてその一方でその隣に住んでいる日本人にとっても増えていく外国人に、えー、馴染みやすくなるためには、まあ、有効な、えー、と媒体というか、えー、コンテンツに、えー、なるっていうふうに思って今回のポーキャストをやり出した次第でございます、まあ、そして僕にとっては何よりも知的好奇心の実験でこれからバンバンやっていきたいと考えています最初に断っておきますが、ポーキャストの言語はですね、ゲストによって日本語か英語のどちらかで行われることになります。もちろんすべてのエピソードにこのように日英両方の解説をつけておきますし、日本語や英語は何分から何分までっていうふうにウェブサイトに聞きやすい工夫をしていきたいと思います。では、第1話のゲストはイスラエルから来て18年になるレビー・リランさんです。レビーさんは実は僕が以前大阪に住んだ頃からの窮地で飲食業や小売業、不動産を経てから現在観光業で頑張っている人です。具体的に日本の武士道をコンセプトとしている特別ジャパン。というツアー会社を今年創業して上々に活動を広げている段階にあります今回はレビーさんの来日の経緯に触れた後に創業に至るまでの経験について話し合い京都の占有人の裏口見学やブランド商品の偽物の販売まで非常に濃密な話ができましたレビーさんは少し乱暴なところがありますがとても親切で面白くて純粋な方でこれから日本の観光業を精一杯盛り上げてもらいたいところですねインタビューの言語はですね英語になりますが英語ができる方にはぜひ耳を傾けて楽しんでいただきたいと思います<笑> Hello ladies and gentlemen this is Elliot Conti your host Welcome you to the first episode of Made It in Japan. And before starting, I'd like to provide some context to get you up to speed on who I am and why I've decided to do this. 
Now, as I mentioned, my name is Elliot, and I'm an American who's lived in Japan for six years now, half in Osaka and half in Nagoya, where I currently live. This podcast is a collection of anecdotes from foreigners around Japan who have excelled in various capacities during their time here, and is an attempt to provide a platform through which those outside Japan can get a glimpse at life here, while those within Japan can gain from the insights and experiences of those who have come before them. And more so than anything, it's also just an experiment in my own intellectual curiosity. Now, the podcast will be held in both Japanese or English, uh, depending on the guest, which is something listeners will have to bear with me on. The introduction, like right now, I will provide in both languages, and I'll try to make notes on the website pointing to which portions of the podcast are in which language. Now, today's episode is in English, and our guest is Levi Liran, an Israeli who has lived in Japan, Osaka, Japan, actually, for 18 years now. Levi is a friend from when I formerly lived in Osaka, and he's a hilarious, interesting person who's dabbled in restaurant management, to real estate, to selling knockoffs on the street, and he has just recently entered the tourism industry here uh, in Osaka. His company, Tokubetsu Japan, which he founded this year, gives guests an experience of Japanese bushido, or ancient samurai culture, and he explains how he went from running a shisha shop downtown to taking foreign tourists to Buddhist temples for overnight stays. Now, Levy warns young foreigners just in from abroad uh, to avoid being an asshole if their quest is to to succeed in Japan, which I feel is on the whole generally a good rule of thumb. And Levy's a warm-hearted man, and I wish him the best in his new ventures. I feel like he has a lot to offer to the Japanese tourist industry and can give it a proper shot in the arm. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for Mr. Levy Liran. You were taking a phone call earlier as well. But anyway, thanks for doing this. Yeah. So it's been about a year and a half since we met, probably. Or oh. since we met, yeah, since I moved to Nagoya. Since you moved to Nagoya, yeah, it's been yeah. quite a while. It's been a while, man. So what have you been up to? Um, I opened my own uh, shisha shop with uh, another partner. And yeah. uh, it worked exactly for one year and two months. Okay. And then I quit that. And uh, some Israeli travel agencies approached me through Facebook and asked me if I can uh, work as a guide in Osaka for them. Yeah. And I said, why not? And it looks like it's working very well. Yeah. So I've uh, been doing a little bit of uh, translating for Israelis that come and visit here. Um, a little bit of uh, market tours and yeah. high-end restaurant tours. And a little bit of historical tours too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw a little bit on your homepage. One thing before we start talking about that more in depth, give me like a two-minute introduction of yourself, just so the people <laughs> who aren't who don't know you know uh, know who you are and where you come from. Okay, first of all, hello guys. Nice uh, <laughs> not to meet you, but uh, to meet you somehow. My yeah. name is um, Levi Liran. I was uh, born in Israel. I've been living in Japan almost 18 years now, in uh, Osaka. Yeah. 
I've been uh, running some uh, bars of my own, some other people bars, restaurants, and uh, now I've been working as a tour guide. Yeah. Just got married two months <laughs> ago. Yeah. Life's good, yeah? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Life's great, man. You look, you look good. Did you lose a little weight? I lost a little bit of weight. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. uh, I don't work night anymore. You know me working until yeah, 5 in the morning. Yeah, I was uh, exhausted and totally... It took me about two months to actually get back to myself. Yeah? Yeah, I would have wake, I woken up many times at night. I couldn't sleep. And then daytime, I would be tired again. But now it's totally the opposite. Returning to a normal life schedule. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I needed 10, 12 hours to sleep before to wake up and do the the night work again. Now it's totally yeah. different. I sleep six, seven hours. I wake up like a, like a bull <laughs> in the morning. Yeah. Right on. By the way, how did you end up in Osaka? Because you've lived here the entire time, right? All 18 years? Uh, I, I, no, actually not. I oh, moved okay. back to Israel for a year and a half, and then I came back. Yeah. Um, well, I'm from, uh, I'm from Israel, and uh, in Israel, everyone after the army yeah. goes and travels. Okay. The, uh, the government takes our, the best three years of our life, from 18 <laughs> to 21. Yeah. So in, some people go to university after that and then travel, and some people travel and after that go to university. So when we go to university, it's usually a little bit uh, later than uh, other people. Right, okay. And I traveled a little bit, uh, went back to Israel, worked there as a diving instructor, and tourism went down a little bit in my town. Yeah. So I decided to work abroad, and then I found someone on the internet that uh, gives jobs to Israelis selling knockoffs on the street. Where? In Japan. In Japan, in Japan, yeah. Okay. So I said, why not? Let's go to an interview, work in Japan, selling uh, fake Louis Vuitton and Rolex. <laughs> yeah. I called the guy. It sounds like a good career, right? It, <laughs> the funny thing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I found it on, the, on, a, on a paper, I think. I don't think the internet was that strong at that time. And it didn't say where the guy lived or anything. And I called the guy, and apparently he was living... Half a block from my house. No sure. So I called the guy and he asked me where are you living. I told him in the lot. And he says, I live in the lot too. Where? I told him patio <laughs> eight two seven. He says, I'm patio eight three three. I'm like, get out. <laughs> I I can see the guy from my uh, from my kitchen window waving at me. I'm like, yeah, let's meet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so the guy was living in my neighborhood. We became really good friends, and yeah. uh, he sent me off to Japan. Yeah, yeah. I worked here, I stayed here for about five months. That was Osaka, yeah? That was uh, half in Osaka and half in Kobe. Okay. So, no, actually it was two months in Osaka and three months in Kobe. All right. And then I left back to Israel for another year, and uh, after that I came back to Japan again. Mm. What did you do in that year? In Israel? Yeah. Um, I worked uh, as uh, an underwater photographer. <laughs> okay, which paid off later when you, when you <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. doing that engagement, yeah? I used to make uh, movies of uh, wild dolphins in the Red Sea. Really? Wow. You didn't know that? I, I, knew, that, I knew you were big into, this, into the diving, and I, I, a bit with the underwater photography. I didn't know exactly what you were making movies of. But. Yeah, so you would have people coming and doing their introductory dive, mm. and they want to see dolphins, so we used to film them. So you're, you've been involved in tourism for quite a long time, actually. 
Yes, I was involved in tourism uh, not a long time in Japan, only uh, almost two years. Just recently, yeah. 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 And in Israel, I used to work in hotels, and then uh, mm-hmm. I used to work about uh, 10 years in a place called Dolphin Reef. Okay. Which is a place where people can come uh, and uh, watch wild dolphins in the ocean. Is that in Elat? That's in Elat. Mm. And my town, Elat, is a resort town. Yeah, yeah. You've told me about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They don't know that. Yeah, yeah. And it's a little bit like California, the weather. It's right, really right. hot and great and you can dive all year. Paradise, yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. And it's on the Red Sea. Diving over there is really nice. Mm. And if you want to see even better diving, so you just cross the border uh, by foot to yeah. Jordan. To, uh, either to Jordan or to uh, to Egypt. Wow. You can go to both. Yeah. So take me some time, ma'am. For sure. Come on May. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, okay, so back to you returned to Japan. This is what, 2000? Uh, 2000, yeah. And were you selling knockoffs again? Or did you have a little bit more... Legitimate career. <laughs> well, actually, when I came back, I sold knockoffs for exactly another month. Okay. And then I realized that's not for me. <laughs> yeah. Not a whole lot of prospects. No, nah, <laughs> uh, it's not really legal. And yeah. I felt that no one, that they tell you it's it's illegal, but don't worry, blah, blah, blah. But when you start doing it and the police comes every day and calls you, you realize like, nah. Yeah. It's not for me. Not for me. Okay. <laughs> so then you got into what? Restaurants? Open bars and stuff like that. And then I found, do you remember there was a, there was a paper called the flea market? They used to put it in the bars. And, and okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know international house. Like a free paper? Yeah. Kind of yeah. So I found a job over there working in a, in a Japanese restaurant. Okay. It's like an Italian-Japanese fusion restaurant. Mm-hmm. And, in Osaka? Uh, in Osaka, it was in Umeda. Nice. Okay. And I started working over there. I became a regular staff and I worked, uh, I was a, at the end, I was a manager of one of his shops for about uh, three years. Yeah. We opened four shops together with the owner. Now the guy has 230 shops. Really? Yes. Wow. And he just bought a very, he just bought a, a sake brewery in Shiga. Wow. This is, this is a Japanese guy. He's a Japanese guy. Yeah. And now he opened uh, a ramen chain in the United States. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, the guy is, uh, doesn't stop. He's a mogul, man. He's, yeah, he's unbelievable. <laughs> really? Wow. But Are you still acquainted was, with him at all? Yeah, I am. Yeah, he's one of the cheapest people I ever met in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's yeah. a, he's a good friend, but yeah. uh, it wasn't uh, at the end working for a Japanese company. You know how it is. Mm. I would work thirty and fourteen hours. They don't really care about your days off. Right, right. But at the end, I was like, nah, I can't do this anymore. Okay. Parted ways there after that. And after that, I worked in a, in a Mexican bar okay. called Margarita Mamas. It was owned by a, <laughs> by a Canadian guy. Is that still open? No, it's gone. Oh, okay. And uh, that's where the crazy time started. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it. It was a deep night and we were, <laughs> we were wasted on tequila almost every night. Yeah. I've seen pictures. I, we, I've, when we met, we met maybe... Three, four years ago, right when I came to Osaka, from that time you never, you don't drink, right? And so I've only ever seen pictures of the legend that was living <laughs> with him way back in the day, right? I never got to meet him myself. Yeah, but, even today when I walk around the the bars, you suddenly there's tequila coming out, and I just I can't even look at alcohol anymore. 
Yeah, the smell and yeah. I can't. I, I drink sometimes if a good friend comes or. All right. But I do bar tours now and I drink tea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fifty percent. <laughs> what you um, depends on the customers I have. Sure. Sure. You don't feel any. What would you say? Uh, you don't feel like a, a need or, well, I guess not a need, but do you have a desire to drink or just n- no, not at all? No, no, no. I never had a desire to drink, even when I was drinking. I was, uh, when, when you work in a bar in Japan, most of the customers come to see you. Yeah. And uh, they buy a drink. So it's a part of the job, yeah? So it's part of the job and yeah. uh, you need to drink to, to make more money. Sure, sure. Yeah. So I used to drink for that if uh, if it wasn't I, I was never alcoholic or anything no never yeah 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 but that would kill me especially the next day just wears out yeah it wears you down yeah kills you so when did you get started at L and L because that's when uh, when I met you you were the manager at L and L L and L I started in two thousand and eleven okay at July okay. And, uh, yeah, that's where we met. So it's an Israeli dining bar. Yeah. It's a very successful one. Yeah, yeah. And the owner is a good friend of mine, so he offered me the job. I worked with him for seven years, and uh, that was quite a tough too. One day a week off, and 12 hours a day at the end, I will, I could, you saw me at the last six months. Yeah, I yeah. I just couldn't take it anymore. Sure, sure. And my new wife told me, leave the night work, or yeah, we're not going to be together. Sure, sure. It's not easy to make that work, right? No. Yeah. So I left the night job and then I hooked up with uh, this guy that sells the tobacco for a hookah, for uh, water pipes. Yeah. And he asked me if we want to open a shop and I said, yes. He's really? No, he's Syrian. Syrian. Okay. Yeah. He's, he sells a lot of tobacco here in Japan. Yeah. We opened the shop together. I hardly saw any cash from that. And uh, mm. in between opening the shop and doing tours, mm. I realized that the tours is actually Exactly what I need because uh, I do like uh, meeting new people and uh, sure, man. and traveling around. I like to walk a lot, so uh, it looks like I'm getting paid for something that I really like doing, and <laughs> that's the second job I have in my life that I really, really enjoy. It's a dream job. Yeah? What, it what, is. What, what is, was the, what was the great. first job that you really enjoyed? The diving. The diving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Okay. Diving with dolphins. I never met another guy that that, that had this job. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah. Why did you? What happened that that brought that job to an end? Um, every time there was some problem in Israel, um, let's say like a terror attack or something, that mm. suddenly all the flights to my town would be canceled. Ah, oh, okay. So the town would be empty, and it's a seasonal job. Yeah. Four months you make money, two months you don't, and right. then another month you make, another two you don't, and I'm like, I can't take it anymore. It's not stable, yeah. No, it's not. Okay, it's fun. But it's not stable. Oh, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> and usually when there's no customers, so uh, you can go diving whenever you want with the dolphins. So you just go and make friends with the group because uh, the minute they... S- dolphins are like humans. They wouldn't let anyone that doesn't know them touch them right, or right. get really close to them. But when they see you every day, just like you see your friends in school, they get used to you. Right. And you become friends with them. So these were the good times they were pushing us to go into the water and become friends with the dolphins. That's incredible, man. It is. Yeah. I made the two friends of mine. They say that dolphins are like the, you know, the smartest animals behind humans. <laughs> um, they are very, very smart. Yeah. 
And uh, I've seen things that if I say online, people will think I'm crazy. <laughs> but I'll tell you one thing. They do talk to each other. Yeah. They have conversations. Yeah. I've seen it. I know it. Anyone that hears that can laugh at me. I don't care. Well, no, no, no. I mean, scientists, like, they haven't been able to decipher whatsoever what the, the noises that they make are. But I've, I feel like I've heard something similar to the fact that they communicate at, like, a very high level. That we can't even like begin to comprehend. They do. <laughs> and uh, we had one scientist, I think, from Austria or from Germany. His name was Frank. Very nice guy. He used to sit and he used to record the, what they're saying all the time. And usually every dolphin, let, let's say a mother and a child. Yeah. Um, a mother needs time to go and hunt so she would have more milk for the child. Mm. And in this time, they need a babysitter. Okay. So if she calls another dolphin, oh. she doesn't call that dolphin's name. She calls her name. She calls her name. She calls her own name and her child will go there because mm. it's all the time the same sound. When you're with them seven hours, you can, you can slowly, slowly start recognizing. Distinguish. The, who is, you can't really distinguish. I didn't get to that level though, but mm. some people mm. say they did. But you can di distinguish the, by their tweet. Okay. Who is the dolphin that's, Shouting. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, our voices are all different. Right? Yeah. It's, yeah. And uh, if she wants to go hunting, she needs a babysitter. Yeah. So she would tweet mm. and tweet to the child, and the mm. child would move from the mother to the babysitter. Mm. And we've seen it a lot, and this is incredible. Yeah. Because wow. it's only by communicating. One dolphin would be like 30 meters away. She would tweet, and the child would move. Just talking, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. then she would go to hunt, come back, tweet again. The child, would, the baby would move again to the, to the mother. Yeah, that's incredible. That's incredible. I've never been scuba diving, so I can I can only imagine. But yeah, we'll have to go sometime. But anyway, <laughs> sorry. Back to the back to the main topic. Uh, so you started in tourism here in Japan, right? Yeah. Yeah. And this was a man who contacted you through Facebook. You said. Israeli tourism? It was a... Something like that? There's like a, a Facebook page of Israeli travelers in Japan. Yeah. And I would comment a lot and people would see that I know what I'm talking about. Sure. So uh, one guy just mailed me and asked me if I would take some of his groups. Mm. And uh, I said, yeah, why not? Right. When, when did that start? A couple of years? Two years ago? Uh, about a year and a half ago. Yeah. And this was when you still had the shop open, so yes. it was very, you think, thinking temporary, one-time thing? Or... No, I was thinking if it's going to work, I'll do my own page and then uh, push myself a little bit in Facebook so people can see me and it looks like it's working. Yeah. I just got another uh, reservation three days ago. Excellent. And so this is Tokubetsu Japan. No, this mm. is my... Uh, when I when I don't work at Tokubetsu Japan, this yeah. is what I do as a... As an Israeli guide, I just take them around Osaka and. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Just I around build, the city then? Yeah. I build, usually, I, they want me to go to Kyoto, but Kyoto is too much. Mm. There's too many people, and I really don't enjoy going there anymore. Really? And the customers would know. They would feel <laughs> it, so I don't think they deserve it. Say, so here's Gin Kakuji, here's Gin Kakuji, here's Kiyomizudera. Okay, listen. The thing is, you have to move in buses from one place to the other, and it's the buses, the buses suck. Yeah, packed. You cannot move. Yeah. Okay. So, what do you? Where do you show them when you go around the city? When you go around Osaka? It depends. Usually, I uh, what I like to do is uh, 
I like to build the special tours. Mm. So I would rent a car and we'd go down to Sasayama, Tamba. Okay. I would show them how uh, people made potteries and some of the, they have some pottery ovens that are about 600 years old over there. Really? And these are a little, they're way out of the regular, uh, the regular tourist uh, areas. And that's what I like to do. Yeah, yeah. Or a drive to the mountain, maybe go to a farm. I I had the family, I took them to a shiitake farm to see how they grow. uh, Oh, really? Wow. So I'm on the internet all day just looking for things that they that no one knows about. Sort of off the beaten path, right? Off the beaten path, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very cool. So you do that just by yourself. You're I, just running that by myself, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. And how often how often are you doing that? A few times once a week, a few times a month? Um, a few times a month. Yeah. Two months ago I, I had maybe twelve tours. Uh, this month mm. I had uh, two. Oh, okay. So it varies. Yeah. And then I work with a, with an American guy. Oh, really? has a tour company here. Really? And uh, with him, I get quite a lot of tours. So uh, individual tour companies contact you, and you then just fix them, fix them up for like a day or two days, something no. like that, take them around? Found the guy on Greglist. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> and I told him, yeah, yeah. I want to work. Cool. And cool. he checked me out. Yeah, yeah. He... Told me his style of working and told me do your thing. Mm. Very nice guy, I have to say. Yeah. And today I have a tour. Yeah, yeah but you one thirty. You you had it yeah. <laughs> on the phone. Really, yeah. Busy day, man. It's a Sunday morning. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Not working too much, are you? Oh, it's a four-hour tour. Oh, okay. Okay. So that's nothing, right? Well, the tours I do are very long. Really? Yeah, but uh, with Kevin, it's a three-hour and four-hour tour. Wow. Finish that. Great. Yeah, that's a good deal. What's uh, So then tell me about Tokubetsu Japan. Because you fa- you founded this, yeah? Uh, Tokubetsu Japan, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so first of all, Tokubetsu in Japanese means something out of the ordinary. Right. And Japan means Japan. <laughs> so, <clears throat> um, I work also as a real estate agent, and that doesn't really seem to work. So I do it only mm-hmm. when someone wants to rent an apartment. But Okay. I hooked up with another guy that has a lot of uh, connection to uh, land for hotels around uh, Osaka. And he asked me, do you know some rich uh, foreigners that want to buy land? Right. Of course, I don't know. So I told him, yes, I do. And <laughs> <laughs> it's just like you. <laughs> started looking for some. <laughs> yeah. And uh, a new building opened up near my uh, near where I live. And okay. Are I, you still in Tani Q? Uh, yeah, still yeah. the same area. Okay. A new building was open over there, and I looked at the building, and uh, I saw when when people started coming in, they all had suitcases, and uh, there was a guy that I used to see every day coming down with the IKEA IKEA bags. So I realized, okay, that's a that's an Airbnb building. Right. Maybe the owner of the building wants to buy another building. Sure. So I went up to the guy one day. Yeah. We had a few jokes. I told him what I do, and he says, "Yeah, let's meet." Yeah. We met up. And then every morning I would see him, not every morning, but sometimes I would see him. So we'd have a coffee and a cigarette just to stay in contact. And I found out this guy is really, really nice, very friendly, yeah. very open-minded, likes to joke. Who's, where was this guy from? He's a Japanese, Japanese guy. Japanese, yeah, cool. And then one day he mailed me, we changed mails and everything. One day he mailed me online, which is a line is, is an application like WhatsApp. Yeah. And he says, I want to talk to you. Mm. Let's have a meeting. It's a business meeting. So I hooked up with the guy. And he told me, look, 
I come from uh, my ancestors of sunrise. Mm. I can uh, I can track my ancestors seven hundred years back, mm. and uh, just like my father was taught, he taught me the same thing. Since the end, the age of five, I hold a sword, a katana mm. sword, wow. and my son uh, will probably be the next champion of Japan. And uh, his son just got just became a champion two months ago. Really? In uh, EI Bato, it's the style and. Uh, okay. Toyama Ryu is the biggest group for EI Bato and uh, he's the Toyama Ryu mm. boss in Osaka now. Wow, okay. And he says, I'm also a priest. Mm. Now, this guy is a Yamabushi. Okay. There is a name for that, I forgot the name. He's a, he's a priest that stays in the mountains. Yeah, sort of, yeah. And... Uh, Mountain priest. <laughs> scares away bad spirits. Okay. And takes away spirits out of your body in waterfalls. Did you see that? That's actually amazing. I saw, yeah, I saw the, the clip on Facebook. Yeah. yeah, it's beautiful. And he used to belong to a, to a temple, to a Buddhist temple in the Inunaki, which is a, an area around Osaka. Okay. Then he tells me, look, I have a temple. Mm. In this temple, there's a sumo stable. All the big mm. sumos, when they come to the Osaka Basho, when they come to fight in Osaka, right. they train over there for two months. Yeah. And uh, the whole year we can use that place, in, except the two months that they're here. What yeah. do you say that you bring some foreigners into the town? Yeah. And I went to see the town. It's about 45 minutes away from here. In what direction? To, it's really close to Wakayama. So it's south. It's what, there's one mountain that divides Wakayama and uh, this little town. Right, okay. And apparently this town has a long, uh, a long history of samurais because uh, it stands exactly in the middle of a road between Wakayama to Osaka, where Tokugawa and, and Toyotogi used to use. Okay. So the temple that we stay at was built by Toyotomi. Mm. Actually, 1,200 years ago, it was burned down twice, just like any uh, Japanese temple. Yeah. And it was rebuilt again yeah. 60 years ago. Okay. And over there, we let the, we let the guests sleep. We dress them up like samurais. We mm. teach them a lot of Japanese culture. Mm. The area is not touristic at all. A lot of the houses over there are from Edo period. Wow. And they're still preserved. Yeah, yeah. What's it, the? Do you know the population of the town? The, uh, he told me last time, I forgot. It's uh, 50,000 people? What? No. Oh, okay. So that's bigger than I like, imagine just hearing you speak. And I don't want to say anything wrong. I think it's yeah. between fifty to 100,000. Okay, okay. It is a small town for Japan. Right. And uh, from there, we take them to the mountains, mm. to an Edo period look-alike kind of village, and we train over there with swords. Real swords? And it's real swords that have no blade. Real swords that have no blade? Yes. What Each is, sword is about 800 bucks. Wow. It's still made by a, by a, by a katana, by a guy that makes the, the swords, mm. and it's handmade. But they have no blade. That's the way you study. We don't let anyone touch a, a sword with a blade. No way. Wait, so what does that mean, though? It's, it's not just a handle, right? No, it's a sword. But it has no blade. It has no blade. <laughs> so It I, has I, a blade, I, sorry, but it's not sharp. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm not a native speaker. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I couldn't even think. <laughs> so they're just holding a handle with no sword. Okay. Right, so you, so it's just yeah, it's like a dull sword, essentially, yeah. right? And they get to practice. Okay. And what are they practicing on? They're pra they're practicing in the air. In the air, okay. They practice the move. They practice how to uh, to draw the sword, put it back. 
Right. And uh, then we practice also, we do Zazen, which is sitting mm, down mm. Zen. Yeah, yeah. Samurai type of Zen. Yeah. Meditation. We also learn how to make, uh, how to cook mm. in, the, in the mountains. Wow, what are you cooking? We do udon. Oh, yeah? From scrap, scratch. <laughs> really? So are you like cutting the noodles We're as well? Cutting the noodles and everything. Yeah, we boil, yeah. We boil them in very old kama, That's very cool, old yeah. Japanese ovens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. And after that, we go back. Yeah. And in the evening, we have uh, sohenabe. Which so, is a yeah. hot pot right. that the samurais used to eat before they go to war. Mm. And then after that, we get free time. Yeah. A day later, we wake up, we go to see another temple, which is a Topogawa's temple. Nice. It's one of the most important shoguns in Japan. Mm. And when he used to walk through Wakayama, mm. he was afraid that he would be assassinated by ninjas. Right. So this temple looks like a house. Okay. It does not look like a temple, but when you go inside, oh, okay. everything is made out of gold and there are secret hatches that the samurais would hide in case something happens. Really? Yes. They would, uh, and the house looks really small, but you mm. cannot see that it's about 100 meters long in the back. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's got depth. Yes. <laughs> okay. You, you can't tell it's a, it's, a, it's a temple. It's a temple, yeah. And all the hatches in the top, about 300 samurais would hide over there. Really? Yes. One take you one day over there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I haven't, I'm not familiar with this at all. No one is familiar with that. Yeah. Those temples, and this temple has, it has like a picture of the emperor. Mm. He decided it's a very important temple. Mm. Because it still stayed the same and it was built by Tokugawa. Right, right. There is a tree over there that Tokugawa planted, too. Okay. It's about a 350-year-old tree. And it's still there. Really? Yeah. So you go, you take, are you able to go inside the temple and see everything? Oh, yes. Think? Yeah? We go into the temple mm. because the, the samurai's son, which also teaches, he's a monk over there now. A monk at the temple. So not only that we get to see the temple, we are VIP guests over there. <laughs> yeah, we get to sit down with everyone, and uh, we get to uh, to listen to the explanation about the temple. Right, and he always gives chances to ask questions. Yeah, and, and after that we go back, <coughs> come back into into our one? temple. Oh, okay, okay. We do a little test mm. with the swords. Mm. And each one gets his own uh, certificate from Toyama Ryu. Oh, nice that they spent over there. And uh, of course, everyone's insured. And sure. the thing is that the the city hall mm. is somehow involved in that. And they have asked him to bring someone to bring customers over there. So the first time they took me over there to see the place, I found myself in the city hall, bowing to the people from the city hall that they were <laughs> going to bring customers over there. <laughs> so what, the city hall is involved because they're trying to boost tourism to help the town? Yes. That's sort of the, the general idea. When they told me, they said, look, we have all those special places. We have people here that are, yeah. uh, that have been living here for hundreds of hundreds of years, keeping the tradition. Yeah. Why is everyone going to Kyoto and not coming to us? Right, right. Can you help bring people here? Yeah. So they gave me the temple, they gave me everything and... Uh, That's incredible, man. It is. I'm... Yeah. How long have you... So this has been up and running for, for how long then? Two and a half months. Two and a half months, yeah? 
And I've, I, I checked out the website. You've got ma- mainly where are your tourists coming from, the, the guests. For now, yeah. um, we, got, we got a French family and then uh, we, most all the tourists for now are Israelis because we only started now uh, advertising the place. Okay. And we charge quite a bit. Oh, really? For this experience. So yeah. a lot of people, if they don't really read deeply what they get, mm. because there's three people staying with them the whole time. Me as a guide, I'm with them. I, I sleep with them over there. Right, right. And then they have a chef that's with them the whole time, and they have two teachers. Mm. So. I see. So, yeah, it's a really hands-on experience, yeah? It's not. It's something that is really out of the out of the beating path. Mm. And it's, sure. we, we accept only people that really understand what we're doing over there. Right, but everyone that was there was uh, was absolutely stunned. Yeah, we had yeah. a judo group. Really? Yeah, a few days, a few a week ago. Sorry, a judo group is that from from Israel? From Israel, is judo big in Israel? Oh yeah, it's very big. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, that's excellent. So now just just increase the number of uh, of guests. Yeah. Yeah. And see, I'm trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> see that it levels off. That's excellent. Um, talk to me about the uh, the samurai. <laughs> have you? Do you? Obviously, you you go around. You have the tour with him, right? And when I saw this, I was surprised because I was like, you know, the levy I know is he doesn't exactly exude like bushido. <laughs> you know, it's, it's uh, more like bullshit though. <laughs> so, so you're out there, but I have seen the videos, and obviously, you know, he's like he's slicing the what is that that he's, he's slicing? It's a folded no. tatami. Okay, they're folded tatami. It's a folded tatami, and they they marinate in water. Okay, for about two weeks. Yeah, and it makes it the 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 mace of a of a of a person's body. Oh, okay. And sometimes they will they will get a, a very quick reservation, so they'll put it only a week in the water, and then it's a, it's like a cow. Mm. So it's like slicing a cow <laughs> in one go. That's incredible. Have you tried it yourself? No, no, not allowed to. Oh, really? Yeah, they keep the rules. Really? They're serious. Yeah. So you get all those samurai places here in Kyoto that will let you slice it. That's uh. totally against their... Uh, it's totally fake. Really? They're not okay, allowed okay. to do that. Yeah. By the tradition, yeah? Right, right. Even me, I train with them and I am not allowed to touch the, the, the real sword yet. Wow. So so this is, yeah, it's quite rigid then. So you said the this guy, he was holding, a, he's been, you know, he's had a katana in his hand since he was five. Yeah. And you, do you, how long until they actually let you touch? It, he, his son yeah. was uh, studying from the age of five to mm. only at the age of 15 mm. did he touch the real one. 10 years. Took him 10 years. Wow. So coming to Kyoto, dressing up like a samurai and just slicing <laughs> some swords, that is very dangerous Yeah. and not real. Right, right. To pay 6,000 yen or 8,000 yen for that, that's not real. If right. you want to see a peak of the real thing, yeah. join us. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, your, your videos, they're, they're stunning. Um, and I'd like, to see, I'd like to see more if you have... I mean, obviously, you just, you're just getting started up, right? But the, the videos of him slicing everything and 
just the movements, the movements are, you can tell it's totally ingrained in his body. The sword is very much a part of him, yeah? I, I knew the guy for about three, four months before I even saw him doing that. Mm. And when I saw him doing that, my jaw just fell. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. The right. guy knows exactly what the mistakes people do with the swords. Mm. He's a teacher for right. Toyama Ryu. Right, right. Is any question you have, he has this. He has an answer. There's a meaning for everything. The way you put back your sword, the way you mm. take out your sword. You don't make noise. So if anyone in the woods would hear that you put back your sword, they'll attack you. Mm. After you kill someone, you don't shout, blah, blah, blah. I killed him. <laughs> right, right. Um, you bow and you put the sword in front of them in case he's still alive and he jumps at you. He's going to stab himself. And there's a, there's ways to slice people too. <laughs> yeah. But it is amazing and I'm so lucky to work with them. Yeah. Because they look like very honest people. Mm. And they are very, very friendly, very open-minded. And they really want to, they want to share yeah. what they know before he dies. Yeah, yeah. This, when you were mentioning this earlier about the town, right? You said it's 45 minutes from Osaka down south towards Wakayama. Japan, the population is shrinking drastically, you know, quite yes. drastically, right? Is this a town that over time they're quite worried is going to essentially just, you know, extinguish, right? This is a, and along with it, all of the samurai tradition and the temples and things like that. Do you think that's why the city hall is trying to increase tourism, increase people to come visit the town? In the, they never told me that, but mm. uh, I think yes. Yeah. Because the people that still do the tradition, he's lucky that his, uh, his firstborn son took over. He has four kids. Three of them, mm. what I understand, don't want to learn nothing about the swords. Okay. His old son took over. Mm. And most of the people that I met over there, they do tea ceremony and uh, they have some people that sew kimonos over there. Yeah. They used to have a guy that does pottery. But really, mm. he died and oh. that's the end of that for that town. Right, right, exactly. So I asked him if there's anyone that does pottery, you know, maybe we can bring people for that. Maybe we can bring people to see kimono. Maybe we can bring people to do the tea ceremony, yeah. flower arrangement. And yeah, yeah, yeah. he's checking mm. and some people perished. Yeah. And with them perished also the... Those arts. The, the, the arts, yeah, the tradition. Yeah. It's really, really sad. And uh, the people are very, very friendly. Mm. And... You can see that the people at the top are really trying to preserve it. Right. Well, they need someone like you, to be honest. Someone who can connect them to the outside, right? Because those people, they're, they're so, you know, you have like samurais and monks and these people. They're not traveling abroad and learning English. <laughs> they're not the internet people, too. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> right? So they need someone like you who's connected. You know, globally, you have many friends around Osaka throughout Japan, and then also your experiences abroad. Yeah. You're like the last hope in many ways, man. I hope I can do the job well because I am mm. not really good in advertising and PR. Really? No. All that, but in the bars, man, as the manager, people go to see you, right? This I mean, is something else. You're trying to pick people from all over the world, and mm. you need to find a target. Mm. I, it took me two months to build my own homepage. Really? Yes, I'm a, <laughs> I'm I'm technologically idiot. I, I couldn't do anything with it. But I'm doing a good job. I just made the 
I just put together a whole video. Mm. I take movies with drone. I bought a new drone. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. Uh, the, you posted the video a couple days ago. Now that's the town, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. It's very rural, like you said. I actually made a new video, and I just finished it this morning. Okay. And after editing everything up, I mm. realized I forgot a few stuff. Mm. But uh, soon it's gonna be up. Excellent. And I can show it to you later. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. And what we'll do is I will uh, get the URL for your website and I'll also, also post that. So if anyone listening is interested, they'll then be able... Are you going to post that video on your website as well? Um, for now, I didn't mm. buy the... I need to buy the application. So I oh, first okay. wanted to see how the application works. It's the first time in my life I edited a movie. It took me se seven hours. And <laughs> yeah. I, well, actually, I've never done. I don't know if that's long or fast or what. Is it seven hours? Yeah. It, it, recently, I've been a lot on the on the computer. Yeah. And uh, I know that if I put my mind into something, it will take me hours. Right. Because, like I said, I'm a technologically <laughs> idiot. Yeah. It will take me hours, but I'm gonna get it at the end. <laughs> so after a few mistakes and after editing and closing, shutting down the computer a few times by mistake <laughs> and starting all over again and almost breaking half my ass. Yeah. I, I did it, and after it's on, I saw a few mistakes. I'm going to fix that. And this application is a free application, but mm -hmm. when you download the movie, suddenly you have the, uh, the application name on it. Okay. And then they tell you, the world, do you want to take the name off? Pay. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I'll tell you the truth. It, it's worth it. It's really cheap application, and, and it's a very good application. Really? And I've been asking a lot on uh, some drone Facebook pages and people really advised me to use this. Mm. So I'm going to go home tonight, try to find my credit card that my wife took away from me and uh, maybe buy some. <laughs> <laughs> right now. Right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So make sure, uh, I'm sure I'll be able to see it on Facebook. Do you have an, do you have an Instagram as well? Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'll make, I'll get that information as well. Make sure that other people can see it. But so that, the tour is pretty much set. Are you looking to continue adding on to it or maybe coming up with different versions of the Tokubetsu Japan experience? It, I just got a mail from a school in the United States. Mm. They want to bring 16 uh, kids, yeah, 14-year-olds to 17-year-old, and they want to do only one day. Where, where in the States, by the way? I have no idea. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. She was a, she was a very friendly lady, actually. Mm. Well, the price we're asking, because mm. for this amount of kids, we're going to have to rent a car. Sure. And uh, we want to give them the full, uh, the full uh, attraction, but she doesn't want the sleepover. Mm. So I told her, wait. It took me two days to build something. We did it, but um, it didn't work out at the end. Oh, uh, really? Uh, yeah, it's it's young kids, and uh, it was a little bit pricey for them. I totally understand it. Sure. But she's going to definitely use us next time, she says. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. She. Uh, mm -hmm. We talked a lot on the phone. Right. Oh, it's on the on the mail, sorry. So you so you have no problem then just sort of personalizing the tour for various you know age groups or like periods of time, this and that? If it's on a date that I don't have any uh, reservations, yes. Hmm. Of course, if it's for a group, yeah, why not? If it's for one right. or two person, I don't think I'm going to do that. It's not worth the sure. the hassle, the hassle yeah. of uh, moving uh, four uh, four people around. Uh, it's a lot of work, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Oh, by the way, the monk that mm. lives in the temple, mm. there, that built the temple, 
He's a hundred years old. <laughs> really? Yeah, he's he's a, he's such a nice and uh, he, he's an amazing old. guy. Nineteen eighteen, that guy was born. Yes, and that's incredible. He still drives a car. <laughs> so watching those people, how they live. Yeah, he has such a simple life. He lives in such mm. a small little house, mm. which is very clean, and mm. uh, he's very uh, he's he's ranked a very high monk in Koyasan. Okay. So not every person can go into his house and talk to him, but because he lives there, we know him personally and we can enter his house anytime. Right. And recently he took us to Kyoto. Mm. He was invited to uh, Seiyuji. Yeah. It's, you know Seiyuji? Yeah. It's a temple where the, the emperor, some of the emperors are, are buried over there. Yeah. But you're not allowed to go and see the graves. Yeah, yeah. I've actually, I've never been there. I've only, I've only ever seen pictures. You, you heard about it? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Well, he took us over there, mm. and we were allowed to go inside to where the emperor only goes. Really? Yes. That's that hundred-year-old monk connection, right there. Yeah, <laughs> he got us inside, and uh, we saw the we saw the graves. Wow. We saw the emperor graves, and he told me you might be the only foreigner that ever went inside here. It's a really? big no-no to go inside. For sure, for sure. Only the emperor and his family are allowed to go there. Wow. Were you, were, were you kind of like freak, freaking out a bit? A little nervous? I was very nervous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a big honor. Is there security or is... There's monks standing on the walls, on right. the doors. Right. So you get to see what the rooms where the emperor stays, where he comes to Kyoto. Mm. Some rooms anyone everyone can see, and then some rooms you can't. We saw all of them. Really? The ones that you can't see and the ones that you can see. Yeah. <clears throat> and then there's a back gate that they opened and let us in. Mm. In back. Oh, so that's how you entered? Is that's that what you mean? how you entered. The, the graves yeah. are in the back. Okay. Okay. What is, it, what is that like? Are you allowed to talk about that freely? Or yeah, yeah, I can talk okay. about <laughs> it. Of course, because we were allowed. It's uh, sure, sure. The, the monks. It's The government knows we're there. Right, right. Uh, of course, no photos at all. This is a big no, 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 no. Yeah. So of course we would we would respect that and we didn't take any photos but uh, I totally kept in my mind and mm. I really really appreciate the the respect that we got over there. Yeah, yeah. What's that like? The emperor's rooms, the emperor's quarters. It, it it's like an old temple. Everything is from wood. It's very simple. Really, it's not really. It's uh, interesting. Stunning. Yeah, yeah. Everything is really simple. The graves are very simple too. Really. Yeah. It's interesting. That is interesting. I guess that is, it's very Japanese though, in a way, right? Related back to those traditions. The more traditional, the th whatever, in Japan, more traditional things just tend to, you know, focus to on be more simple, simple, simplicity yeah. and uh, sort of har harmony with nature and different things like that. The fact that it's wooden isn't surprising at all. Yeah, it's wooden tatami, and but yeah. some of the drawings on the fusma, which is a Japanese paper doors, yeah, um, are aged back five, six hundred years ago. Yeah, wow. From, when, when is that when Senyuji was built, or is Senyuji even older? I God, Senyuji is older than that. I remember mm. reading a lot about it. I can't really; it doesn't come up in my mind now. Mm. I can't really remember. Yeah, yeah, and then. Um, yeah, so last time uh, the last time the monk called me, he says, "Come, I want to show you something." So mm. um, he does Japanese calligraphy, of course. Mm. 
and uh, he told me, look, this is uh, something that I wrote mm. since uh, I met the, the foreigners coming here. Yeah. And of course, I, I can't read <laughs> Japanese kanji. Yeah. So I asked the, I asked the, the sensei, the teacher, mm. what did you write over there? Mm. And he says, wow, this is great. He wrote, mm. all the people in the world have different faces, mm. but their heart is the same. Really? I would love to see the actual characters themselves. We're, I will show you because we're supposed to put it in a we're supposed to put it in a frame, mm. and he wants us to hang it in the, where the customers sleep. That's that's great, man. It is. They are very very welcoming over there. This is a this is a kind of hospitality I did not get in Japan mm. for the whole eighteen years I'm here. For sure, for sure. And they are very excited to see people coming and. Sometimes they'll make joke of how they look like with the with the samurai suits. Oh, you look great! Whoa, your stomach's coming out. <laughs> so they're really, really friendly. Yeah, yeah, that's that's incredible that they have they they haven't had much exposure exposure to the outside, really, right? Not at all, right? But they're still quite open. To very open. foreigners coming in and experience sharing their experiences. If I would sit in the room in the monk with mm. the monk, he would. Uh, it, it's first of all, he would be smiling the whole time. Yeah, and just giving us coffee. Yeah, yeah, and doesn't want us to leave. <laughs> Stay in the room. That's incredible. You know, you see people in in cities and in Tokyo and in you know Japanese people. I don't want to speak for all Japanese people, and I don't like to generalize, but. Obviously, the farther back you go, or I guess the in the older the generation, the less open they tend to be towards foreigners, right? Now you're dealing with people who are have very little exposure to the outside. Someone who was born, obviously lived through World War Two, yeah, <laughs> and writes something like all of the people. You said all of the people in the world have different faces, but their hearts are the same. Yeah. It's it's incredible because they are very religious. That's incredible, yeah. And I'm not a spiritual person at all. Mm. I'm an atheist. Mm. But after working with with the, those Buddhist monks, yeah, I find nothing but love. Yeah, they have no hatred to nobody. That's incredible. People are people, and this is what Buddhism is about. And I even mm. asked the the monk that I work with. I told him, mm. in Buddhism, do you care if you're a foreigner or not? He says, no, 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 of course not. Yeah, everyone is the same. Yeah, in Buddhism, you want to be a Buddhist, you can uh, you can start practicing with us. You'll be a Buddhist. Yeah. No, we we are not allowed to uh, to talk badly about anyone. Mm. Um, everyone is the same, and this is how I feel being with those monks. They, they don't care right. where you are, where you're from. They're excited to talk to you, and they want to listen to some stories. <laughs> yeah, of course, for sure, for sure. Yeah. But they don't care. They, they you don't see any. They have no nothing. They're really, really. You feel very comfortable with them. Yeah. There's something really romantic about that, right? That Buddhist lifestyle where, you know, you give up the world and these simple pleasures and you commit yourself to, you know, the path. Yeah. Right? You see that and do you have any sort of like desire within you? I'm sure, you know, it's very easy to admire that, but do you, do you feel sort of that romantic, oh, maybe I... And if I could do it over again, maybe I would want to, you know, become a Buddhist monk or something like that. Actually, in Japan, yeah. 
if you're not married, that's what I understand from the the, the guy I'm working with. He's also yeah. a, a monk. Yeah. He says, if you're not married and you're becoming a monk, you're not allowed to get married. Mm. But if you're married and becoming a monk, it's okay, you can stay married. Really? Yes. So uh, one of the, one, the owner of the <laughs> land over there, yeah. he's a monk yeah. and he's married and has two kids, mm. which one of them is going to take over one day right. over the temple. And the old guy, mm. the old monk, probably never got married because uh, he, mm. he's, he's, uh, he's by himself over there. Okay. And I wouldn't know if I would want to do that. <laughs> no, but uh, tax-wise, yeah. I'd be a monk. <laughs> I won't have to pay yeah. tax. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Are they vegetarian? Uh, no, they're not. Really? Yeah. Oh, for, I, my impression of, of Buddhism is that they're vegetarians. but That's what I thought. Mm. Actually, this is a question I never asked him. There's many types of Buddhists. In, right. I've been in north of India mm. for five months in an area called Spiti Valley. Okay. Which uh, has, it's a little bit like little Tibet. <laughs> They're all Tibetans living over there. Okay. And they eat vegetables, but they don't eat roots. They don't eat roots? No, they believe that this is where everything starts from. Okay. So if you tear it down from the root, it will never grow again. Sure. But I've seen them walking around with some yak meat mm. so even they eat meat actually okay i don't okay. want to say so anything that mm. i don't really know about yeah yeah but that's interesting well you said you were eating nabe as well yeah so if you're gonna have nabe you gotta throw some meat in there. oh yeah throw some chicken yeah oh but it's chicken yeah it's oh yeah it's all israelis we didn't put any pork oh okay yeah that's true okay that makes sense so I was concerned about the Buddhists. I mean, there's a different thing we got to be concerned about. Yeah. No pork. Yeah. Right on, man. You said you don't eat kanji, yeah? No, I don't. 18 years in Japan? I yeah. never had the, the ass to sit down and learn it. Right, right. It's, it's time consuming. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. But obviously, linguistically, you have no problem, right? You're as fluent as anyone else. Yeah, in, in terms the, of speaking and, and listening. In Osaka dialect, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and some people in Tokyo wouldn't really like it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you, when you think back on 18 years, do you think you it, things would have been different had you studied kanji? Maybe if, different opportunities? If I would look back 18 years, I'd probably go to a little school and start learning, but uh, I'm thinking of start learning now. It's never late. No doubt about that. It's never been easier. Apps on your phone, yeah. things like that. Yeah. That's cool. And then what, uh, so looking forward, right? You've got, uh, how, how old's your boy now? He's nine years old. Yeah. going to turn 10 next year. Okay. So he's in the back half of elementary school. Yeah. 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 And, oh, but, uh, so for the, the near future, you're looking to expand Tokubetsu Japan? Then? Yes, of course. Excellent, man. Excellent. And here's just a, a more general question. Looking back on 18 years, Japan right now is uh, sort of at a crossroads. Yeah. Uh, given the, the shrinking population right now, the government's, you know, fighting over whether they're going to start to let in foreigners to help labor, you know, uh, deficiencies, things like that. 
Has Japan changed much in the in the 18 years that you've been here? Well, touristic-wise, yes. Because mm. I remember I would have full days of not seeing any foreigner on the street. Even in Osaka? Even in Osaka. Wow. And uh, today it's in, it's incredible. Yeah. There's just so many foreigners coming into the country. Mm. Yeah, so well tourism is it's definitely gonna it's definitely gonna pick up, right? They say the number of foreigners visiting Japan it's increasing by some remarkable percentage every year. So. Yeah, there's no way that it's gonna go down because Japan has maintained the, their uh, um, their currency also the same. Mm. Now if you look at other countries they're everything, the cost of life, cost of living and everything just goes up. Right. Well Japan stayed the same. Since the 18 years before they came here. Yeah, yeah. And it's cheaper now for people to come into Japan. Right. That's a good point, actually. Wow. And then when you compare it to other Asian countries, yeah, they, they're in like Europe, Europe, United States as well. That's true. It is becoming more expensive. It's, it's remarkable. I've only lived here for six years, but there's been really no... No change. No inflation. Yeah, <laughs> no sign of inflation. It's a very stable uh, coin. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Have you changed much in 18 years, you think? Uh, I gained about uh, <laughs> 16 kilos. Yeah, about one kilo, kilo a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You feel like your personality's changed living in Japan? I've become a little bit more polite. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Just a little, though, yeah. I don't really think I changed. In my mind, I'm still 20 years old. Yeah. Um, the way of thinking and seeing things totally changed. Mm. And I see it only when I go back home to Israel. Talk to me about that. That's interesting, right? Yeah. Going back home and being weirded out by... <laughs> now, in, in Israel, if you would ask someone for something, they're like, sure, sure, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. They'll never do it. Yeah, yeah. And here I learned, if you say something, you do it. Right. And... It really pisses me off when someone says something and they when someone promises you something mm. and they don't mm. actually do it. Right, right. No, nah, I'll do it tomorrow. Sorry, man, I forgot or something. Like, I forgot your sauce today. <laughs> <laughs> when did you start making hot sauce? Uh, one of my dreams is to make hot sauce. <laughs> That's a dream of yours? Yes, yes. Yeah? And, uh, okay, so what is this hot sauce, though? Yeah, I see you. You're posting pictures of, like, of ridiculous looking peppers that don't even look like they're from this planet. Oh man, they're killers. What are they? And when I got a few, I got Scotch bonnets. Okay. And I think the Scotch bonnets are uh, Jamaican. Okay. And then I got uh, Scorpion. Scorpion, Jesus. Caribbean ghosts. Ghost peppers? Yeah. That's the hottest pepper, right? Ghost peppers. No, no, oh, it's, no? it's capsicum or something like that. Every year oh, they make okay. new ones. So they Carolina, make, they make new ones. Yeah. Oh, Carolina Reaper. Yeah, I heard about that as well. Carolina Reaper apparently was uh, the spiciest mm. until this year. Yeah, and just a few months ago, they came out with two peppers that are more spicy than uh, <laughs> than Carolina Reapers. That's ridiculous. And a friend of mine is sending me some Carolina Reaper uh, powder to Japan. Yeah. Now, I just love the Japanese custom to open the bag and check what's in there. Because <laughs> mm. if they'll even smell that, they'll yeah, probably yeah. burn themselves. <laughs> Can you? So how how hot is this sauce, right? You're looking to sell this in Japan, right? Uh, no, just just to friends. Okay, okay. Until yeah. I, I I'm, I'm growing them on the balcony. 
But, yeah. but if I do move to the countryside, I would love to, to go uh, hardcore on that one. Yeah. The one that I made that I was supposed to give you is not that spicy because I pulled the peppers mm. a little bit early. Oh, really? And yeah, they were still green. premature. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but it has a really nice flavor to it. Awesome. And the spiciness is, if you're not a big uh, spice eater, then it's excellent for you. No, well, I, I actually, I am a big spice eater, to be honest. But in Japan, there's no spicy food, right? In no. actual Japanese cuisine, there's no spicy food. So, yeah, I was thinking if you're, unless you're just thinking about, you know, selling to friends, giving to friends. But there's, there's not much of a market for spicy foods over here, yeah? No, but I got some uh, from all of my friends that own bars and stuff. I got a lot of uh, a lot of people want to uh, mm. want to buy them. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, definitely get that to me after. I'm, in, I'm excited to uh, check that out. Yeah. All right. But actually, we are almost, uh, almost out, of, out of time. It's almost 11 already. Hour flew by. Yeah, it did. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so here's one, one final question, uh, because one thing that I would like this podcast to be is a place where foreigners who are just coming to Japan can learn from the mistakes and the successes of foreigners who have more experience here, who've lived here for a longer time. Now, I've, I've lived here for six years. You've lived here for 18, right? What advice do you have for foreigners who are just coming to Japan or who have lived here for a couple of years, maybe students, right, who are looking to live here long term, um, who are looking to live here long term, looking to, you know, succeed, whether it is in business or build a career or do something like that? Do you have any advice for this, those people? Yeah. Don't be an asshole. Don't be an asshole. Yeah. Okay. Can you elaborate on that? <laughs> <clears throat> don't get drunk and start uh, uh, behaving like an asshole. No, no I'm joking. <laughs> um, what would I advise them? Yeah, I, I would advise them to uh, slowly, slowly start learning how things move around here. Because mm. uh, it's a lot different from uh, where we, we come from. Yeah. Or probably wherever they, they would come from. Right, right. And see if they would like to do business. So they would like to learn, they would probably want to learn a little bit how business is done here in Japan because mm. it is totally different from other places. Did you have some experiences in the past where you were looking to do business like a, like an Israeli <laughs> and that didn't exactly translate over to Japanese? Oh yeah. 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 I, I can't really, it doesn't come up in mind, but yeah, I'm still learning now. Mm. I'm, yeah, not, yeah, I'm not a businessman, sure. but uh, trying to sell this, uh, this experience that I have now. Right. It uh, puts me in a, some uh, have some meeting with companies and all that, and every time sure. I'm like, "Oh, shit! Shouldn't have said that." Yeah, because <laughs> they might have thought that, right. and I shouldn't have said that because they might have thought that. So yeah, I'm learning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a businessman is a businessman, probably everywhere. Mm. So yeah, that would be my advice. Just yes, so don't be an asshole. Yeah. No, that is that is good advice, right? Especially especially for a place like Japan, because in general people are very polite. People tend to be, uh, like you said, they they stick to their word, right? Uh, if you make a promise, people tend to follow through. And yeah, a good way to be considered an asshole in Japan is to not uh, follow through on your promises, yeah. right? Or be late. 
Or be late, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's the other one, man. Being late. That's why but, Euro- Europeans str- can just tend to struggle here. But you can get out. You can get away with it by getting drunk and putting a necktie and being half naked on a counter on your head. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that that's all. That that is true, though. It, it is a, a funny thing about Japanese culture is that if you're drunk, you pretty much have an excuse for anything, right? Yeah. But. We can uh, we can get into those stories maybe at a, at a later date. Back at Margarita Mamas. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Okay, cool, man. And so uh, let people know uh, the website and also where they can find you on SNS. Oh, yeah, for sure. So uh, our website is uh, com, And Tokubetsu is... Uh, T-O-K-U-B-T-S-U. B-E, yeah? B-E, sorry. <laughs> B-T-S-U. Yeah. And Japan is japan.com. Yeah. Search for us, guys. Yeah. And uh, what about Instagram? Other? Do you have any other social media? Or? Yeah, we have a Facebook. It's the mm. same, Tokubetsu Japan. Okay. And uh, we have uh, our uh, Instagram is also the same, Tokubetsu Japan. Excellent. So go find him. Uh, anyone coming to Japan, uh, look it up and uh, book book a night with Levy. All right, man. Thanks for doing this. Thank you very much, Elliot. Yeah, it's yeah. good to see you. Let's go have lunch now. <laughs>